All right, so let's get back into it. We're talking about uh, an effort here in Florida to legalize the recreational use of marijuana for folks above the age of 21. In uh, part one of our discussion, we talked to State Representative Carlos Guillermo Smith about Senate or House Bill 343. Let's talk now to State Senator Jeff Brandis, a Republican from St. Petersburg, about his bill, Senate Bill 710. And my first question to him was basically, what's the difference between these two bills? They're substantially the same. There are, there's some probably minor technical difficult differences, but other than that, they're, they're substantially the same. So when I spoke with uh, State Representative Carlos Guillermo Smith, he kind of said that uh, he would have wanted to have more in the proposed bill, but you know, given the Republican-controlled legislature, he says it's a good jumping off point, so to speak. How do you feel about that? Yeah, 100%. I mean, I think that's how we've drafted it. We've drafted it as something that I think most of the members of the legislature can live with, knowing that we can expand it going forward, but it covers the major points. And I have to ask, as a Republican, what is it about this bill that spoke to you, and why have you chosen to co-sponsor it with Representative Smith? Yeah, so, you know, I would consider myself a libertarian-leading Republican. You know, I believe in smaller government. I believe in individual liberty and personal freedom. Uh, And that's why I've I've sponsored this bill. It's why I've worked on medical cannabis or smokable cannabis in in the past, and uh, and where I think, you know, it's time to come has come for the, the people of the state of Florida have an option if they choose to to engage in adult use cannabis. And I'm just playing devil's advocate here. But tell me why this is a good time now. Well, uh, look, there's there's a number of reasons. It's a great it's a good time now. One, we've gone, you know, just think about how far we've come in the last just, you know, handful of years. We've gone from cannabis being completely illegal in the state of Florida to now declaring it an essential business. Uh, during COVID. We have gone uh, from not having smokables to having a smokable uh, menu of options for individuals. We have, you know, the, the polling on this is shows that, that Floridians overwhelmingly favor uh, the option for adult use cannabis in their communities. And so, you know, while we were, I think we've tried to, to uh, address some of the concerns, for example, we don't allow it to be smoked in public we, you know, the, the current bill doesn't allow for home grow. Those types of things, I think, um, I think we've tried to address some of the, the major concerns, but we're also taking on the, the, you know, cartel industry that's been established here in the, in the marijuana space in Florida by getting rid of vertical integration and allowing small businesses to compete and minorities to get into the, to the, to this business because today they're essentially barred from being in the business. So to me, those were many of the important things that we've tried to address that are in this piece of legislation that I hope the legislature will consider. And I think when you talk about arguing the morality of legalizing marijuana, folks are kind of entrenched in their position. Some folks have have kind of, you know, shifted maybe more toward being more open to it. But I think most people who are against medical marijuana or recreational marijuana is really not much convincing them. How do you, as a Republican in a Republican-controlled legislature that typically leans conservative, how do you plan to sell this bill to your colleagues? Well, I think it's fairly straightforward once you consider that there's a constitutional amendment that's about to get on the ballot. It's, it's already been had its uh, oral arguments before the Florida Supreme Court. We're just waiting on them to rule it on, and make a decision on that, that language. And once that happens, that's kind of a sword hanging over the legislature's head. Because they know it's coming and they know it's likely to pass. And so my argument to my colleagues in the Florida legislature is let's handle this via legislation. That way we can we can continue to modify it and adjust it without having to go to the Constitution every time you want to change something in, in law as it relates to cannabis. Because once that constitutional amendment gets on the ballot, 
it is you know very very likely to pass and in the open of of episode of the first part of this two-part podcast i kind of talked about the, the 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 dollars and cents of legalizing marijuana i mean this is a this is a a potentially untapped tax revenue in a year when when the state's facing a two billion dollar budget shortfall have you guys done any revenue projections to see what this could actually generate we've done a variety of different revenue projections over the last few years and and i mean it's in the hundreds of millions of dollars if you think about florida has 22 million residents but it also has 130 million tourists and you know some of them are going to engage in purchasing adult use cannabis uh, and and they're going to help drive up the revenue for the state so the the uh the opportunities for for individual freedom and for additional revenue to the state i think are very strong so let's assume and and i I pose the same question to representative smith let's assume that, that this does get passed in the legislature what does implementation look like well first what it the great thing about this bill is it breaks up the cartel Today in Florida, we have a, what they call a vertically integrated system, which means you have to be the grower, the processor, the distributor, and the retailer. And you can't sell your product from your grow or from your processing facility to any other medical marijuana treatment center. This would allow us to, if you want to just get a grower's license, you can be a grower. If you want to be a processor, you can be a processor. If you want to be a retailer or a, you know, a shop, you can do that as well. Um, and so it allows small businesses to participate in the marketplace. And that's one of the things that I think will be the greatest uh, opportunity in this piece of legislation is to allow people to get into this business that otherwise would not. Now, obviously, they're going to have to follow the rules. They're going to have to post a bond. They're going to have to do the things that are the, the right things to do in order to get in the business. But today, there is not one minority in the state of Florida that owns a medical marijuana license uh, and is actively growing cannabis in, in the state. So we, we have to open up the market to allow people to, to get in the business. Largely, the state of Florida today is controlled by out of, you know, the, the, the medical cannabis industry is controlled by out-of-state corporations who came in, bought licenses for ridiculous amounts of money, $20, $30 million, in order to have the right to do business in Florida and control the marketplace, just like a cartel does. And so what this does is it democratizes that whole process, allows Floridians to actually be in the business. Because today, most of the money that we, you know, that we generate from the sale of medical cannabis ultimately will leave in investors' pockets out of state. And that, to me, is not the spirit or intent of what we should do with a Florida-based business. You know, for me, it's really a, it's a, it's a personal freedoms issue that we need to continue to work on. It's overwhelmingly supported by the public. It polls above 50%, even amongst Republicans, and, and well into the 70% among Democrats. The, the simple truth is most states have uh, – the legislature has, um, has failed to adopt it, and the people have, have done it via constitutional amendment. That is the way it's likely to happen here in Florida. But the simple truth is this is not a question of, of if it's going to happen. It's a question of when, because I will be shocked if by 2024 we don't have adult use in Florida. And if we're going to have it in 2024, we might as well have it in 2022. So let's bring in a member of one of those cartels, shall we? His name is Adam Gores. He's vice president of corporate affairs with Columbia Care. And I opened my conversation with him by just basically asking him to tell me a little bit about his company. Well, Columbia Care is a national uh, medical and adult use cannabis company. Uh, We operate in 18 U.S. markets as well as the EU. 
with a strong focus on medical, and, and we have a, a dispensaries throughout Florida, including in Orlando. And you guys are a major player in this, in this growing, uh, emerging market. How significant of a player are you guys? Well, we're, we're lots of different ways to measure the largest, um, but we're one of the largest operators in the U.S. We have almost 2,000 employees and certainly 18 states in which we do business. So uh, we're certainly uh, one of the leaders. So let's talk specifically about Florida. What's your presence here in Florida? What, obviously, we only have medical marijuana right now, but uh, that's expanded pretty significantly in the last few years. Talk to me about your operation here. Well, sure. Well, we are all throughout Florida, uh, north, south, east, west, um, and we have 15 dispensaries in the state right now. And that means an adult, uh, adult or, or child that, that has sought uh, advice from their physician is able to come in and access our medical cannabis products. Um, and that is everything from uh, what many folks believe for, you know, as traditional cannabis, uh, dried flower, but also in the products that Columbia Care really emphasizes, which is our real medical line. So you may be getting hard-pressed tablets or tinctures or creams and balms, all things that can help treat a medical or a health and wellness issue that your doctor uh, has suggested uh, you uh, that you look to cannabis for. Now, medical marijuana is fairly new here in Florida. When you're talking about these different forms of pills and oils and that sort of thing, kind of just explain to me what those are and the difference in how those work versus the traditional smoking marijuana, the way we all you know are more familiar with it. Well, it really gives, first and foremost, patients options and what works best for them. So a veteran with PTSD may find relief by having a joint with some of his uh, fellow former service members. Uh, it may mean that a you know, 35-year-old woman with uh, you know, chronic sleeping issues may prefer uh, you know, swallowing a tablet like she would a normal piece of medicine or a, uh, a 55-year-old uh, who suffers with chronic pain like I do uh, that maybe is using a vaporization device to find quick um, and strong relief uh, as opposed to searching for opioids or benzos. And how many different forms are there out there? Well, I, I know at uh, Columbia Care Facilities throughout Florida, uh, you know, we have 50 or 60 different formulation and product lines. So that would be in all the different form factors, the way that it's, it's delivered to you. So whether that's vaporization or an adjustable, et cetera, and then different formulations in there. So some that are strong, high THC that may be used for an oncology patient with sudden pain or for a high CBD line that's helping with things like anxiety or sleep and everything in between. And obviously, having been in this in this market uh, for eight years now, uh, and that may not seem like a long time, but when you think about the growth that uh, cannabis has seen in this country over the last years, that's that, that's pretty significant. Uh, how has your business model changed since you got into this business? Well, it, it's grown. We've always and still do have a strong focus on on helping with medical. And, and let's remember that even in an adult use marketplace like is being contemplated in Florida. Medical still has an important role to play, and that's why we've seen each state that has come before Florida recognize that their, their medical operators uh, need to be a part of the adult use, both to protect the medical uh, component, but also because there are many folks that are not well served by the current program. And that may mean uh, veterans that are unable to get a card or a public service officer that doesn't and can't be on a, 
on a government registry for medical cannabis, wanting to be able to access it for a health and wellness or medical reason. So we've seen our, our role in, in, in Florida grow, uh, ever more dispensaries, and that means access for patients. Um, and throughout the country, we are now operating in adult use markets, but we're also, you know, have not given up our, our medical first mission, even when we operate in that way. Well, let's talk about what could happen if the proposed legislation is approved and Florida does legalize the recreational use of marijuana with restrictions, of course, 21 and older, that sort of thing. Um, what would that mean for your business? Well, like every other state that's come before, uh, states rightfully look to medical operators to be the initial uh, key component of the market to help the state get it up and running and, and provide for early sales, which means more tax revenue for whether it's for schools or for roads uh, or, or other concerns. And then, you know, we're broadly supportive of ensuring that we grow the market and have lots of new opportunity for the folks that come next that may want to set up a, a dispensary or they may want to be creating products and brands of their own um, or cultivating in a micro cultivation license to produce like craft cannabis. So we see uh, in the long run, Florida can have a great ecosystem that's big and broad that includes medical operators as well as a whole heck of a lot of new entrants as well. And obviously it's you know impossible to predict the future because we don't know what the final legislation will look like. We don't know what restrictions will be there, but uh, just the increase in demand. I mean, I think it's fairly logical to assume that there are more people using it recreationally than medically. Uh, can you ballpark for me the, the percentage of growth that that would mean for Columbia? It would be a three or four, five X growth opportunity um, as the market expands. And ultimately uh, we think that for the state, this could mean hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars in tax revenue. I, I could see uh, within five years of an adult use operation moving forward, that we could have uh, the, the Sunshine State bringing in $600 million a year in taxes. But let's talk about Columbia Care. How does this, how does this impact your business? Well, for, for us specifically, uh, we would want to be there to help grow with the broader marketplace. Um, it would mean probably new locations throughout the state, but also our 15 lo- current locations, uh, being that both medical patients and adult use patients could come there to seek whether it's cannabis for medical, for a health and wellness reason, or just as a 21 and up adult uh, that's looking to uh, legally purchase cannabis. So we would hope to be uh, a big part of the marketplace uh, and be there to help shape it for the new entrants that would come as well. Well, all that remains to be seen, but uh, you know, I think we can all see the writing on the wall, uh, both nationally and regionally. And here in Florida, there seems to be a much stronger appetite for both medical marijuana and recreational use of marijuana. Uh, That's right. And I'd be remiss if I didn't point out that, you know, on election night a couple of months ago, the one thing that voters throughout the country agreed on is that they want to see uh, cannabis move forward. And so whether that was in the reddest of red states like uh, South Dakota that passed an adult use cannabis program, or in a purple state like Arizona or a blue state like New Jersey, they all want it. And sometimes our politicians are a little bit behind where the populace is, uh, but, uh, but they eventually catch up because that's what voters want to see. They want to see a, a strong medical component even into adult use, and they want to see adult use sales to 
lessen the criminal justice disparities and, and create economic opportunity, jobs as well as tax revenue. So it, it, if it's done right, it can be a win-win-win. A win-win-win. That's how Adam Goers with Columbia Care describes what would happen if we actually legalize recreational use of marijuana. I'm sure State Representative Carlos Guillermo Smith and State Senator Jeff Brandis agree with him, but we'll have to see whether their colleagues in the state legislature agree. The uh, legislature actually convenes March 9th. It's a 60-day session uh, in Tallahassee, so we will watch both House Bill 343 and Senate Bill 710 to see if they actually make it through and whether or not we'll be smoking pot legally next year. Earth is the key to inspiration, the doors of inspiration.